everybody. Welcome to Ask for Candy, where we talk about healing, self-care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who I am, I am CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com, and my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy, romantic relationships all around the world, especially now that there is a worldwide health crisis and people are in need of love and connection now more than ever, whether they want to admit it or not. Now, where I'm recording, there's a lot of wind going on. There's a lot of rain happening. Luckily, I'm on the inside and I'm warm and cozy, but you might hear it in the background. Hopefully, it will soothe you through the course of this podcast. Hopefully, it'll be something that will calm your anxieties and your stress, and you'll be able to just get in the mode and just listen with me. There's a lot of trees outside, so you'll hear wind whipping through the trees. But back to the show... I want to call out, I want to shout out Armed Radio and all the peeps around the world who are listening in. What is up, Armed Radio? Also, I don't want anyone to forget to please, please, please subscribe to Ask for Candy on Anchor and subscribe to Ask for Candy on YouTube. Ask for Candy Podcast is the name of our YouTube channel. And when you subscribe, even if you're busy on a Thursday night and you can't listen in, you will never have to miss a show because that means you can listen anytime you want. Also, we're on Patreon. So if you want to become a patron of the show, just click the link in our post description, become a patron, and get access to early content, first dibs on any of our perks, offers, or giveaways, and 30% off any private coaching package. Because you guys know who've been listening that I am a relationship coach. So you get a nice chunk of change off if you become a patron for this show. Also, big, big news. I don't usually like to ask you guys so early in the show to follow me on social media like Instagram, but now I'm going to do it. I want you to follow me on at Candy Love Coach. I want you to follow me on at Ask for Candy Podcast. I'm going to start a $50 a month giveaway and it's sort of, you know, my give back Also, I want to get more people aware of the show and listening to the show as well. But I know out here, you know, I I know what it's like to struggle financially and I know what it's like to feel financial uncertainty. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, rolling in the dough and making riches now. But if I can in any way each month give a little bit of my tithe, those of you who are raised in the church know what a tithe is, but you know, give a little bit of my, um, you know, my give back, my contribution to people who might just need a little bit of a boost. I want to be able to help in any way that I can and also get people turned on to this podcast and this message. So follow me at Candy Love Coach and at Ask for Candy Podcast and you will hear pretty soon about my $50 giveaway. Also, you can email me at askforcandypodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or anything that you want to say, any feedback you want to give, if you're feeling a way about anything that I talk about and The topic that I talk about today, you might have some commentary on for sure, honey. And if not, that's okay too. But if you are, I want you to email me, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com. And I will answer any questions that you have. I will respond to any comments that you have. And I will include them in a later broadcast. So those of you who have been listening, you know that I am a relationship coach, a workshop facilitator, and a professional matchmaker with Talkify. Now, if you've never heard of it, it's an amazing digital service where you can hire a matchmaking to do all the sifting and vetting on your behalf. Now, not all of it. Obviously, you're going to be going on the dates. So you still got to do a little bit of your own vetting. I'm going to talk more about that later. But it's especially for really great people who struggle with initiating contact or just simply picking the right 
partner. Sometimes we feel like our picker is broken, which there's no such thing as that. And, you know, we'll talk about that on a future show. I feel like that should be a topic. But matchmaking and relationship coaching is my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with people around the most intimate part of their lives, their love lives. I get to meet and nurture new clients. I get to screen possible dating candidates for them. I get to design programs and activities that deepen their ability to get to know each other. Most importantly, I get to be a part of what supports healthy beginnings and a sustainably healthy relationship. And I would hazard a guess that some of you are at home quarantined with someone right now and wondering if things would have turned out differently if you had initially had someone there to help you choose in the beginning. And I work with couples now, couples who I did not work with when I put on my coaching hat and I'm working with couples who I did not matchmake and wasn't there for the beginnings, I can tell you that there is a way, it is possible to avoid getting to a place where you just can't stand each other and you just can't be together anymore or if you can't be together that it, that it you know it can't be amicable it is possible to have um long healthy sustainable relationships and it's also t- possible to have friendly healthy uh you know low stress breakups but it does take some work and it does take some um stuff in the beginning that a lot of us don't know to do So yeah, I'm totally off on a tangent. Today, I am focused on my single girls. Speaking of the beginnings, I'm focused on my my single girls because that's most of my clients that I'm, you know, working with right now. And I like to check in every week with my clients. Week to week, I check in with them personally. And I also tend to send a weekly client newsletter. You have to be one of my Talkify clients to get this newsletter. And this past week, I gave them a chunk of my book that I'm currently working on. I have a couple books in the works, but the one that I'm also working on right now is is the working title is Smart, Successful, and Self-Sufficient, What Today's Modern Single Woman is Going to Have to Give Up If She Really Wants to Be in a Healthy Partnership. And, you know, I don't want you to get scared, but so far I've come up with about 20 solid things. (laughs) And then, you know, I feel like there's probably more as well because... Yeah, there's a there's a lot. This is about transforming who you are. When we say we want to go from single to in a relationship or relationship to single, um, you know, whatever it is that we want to transform in our lives, it requires us being a different person. A lot of times we think it's about changing that external circumstance, but no, it's not about that. What it's really about is um changing who you are. And so I could get into, you know, the the philosophical depth of, you know, what if your partner dies? That makes you instantly a single woman if you were in a relationship. Yes, it does. But but the reason that it's so difficult when someone loses something and the reason that you have to go through a grieving process is because that's your crystallization. That's your change. That's you becoming um, from someone who was in a relationship to someone who's no longer in a relationship. That's why you have to have that process. And it works with everything, every state change, every major state change in your life. You will have to recrystallize. You will have to cocoon and come out as the butterfly. And that can take different amounts of time for different amounts of people. But what I really want to touch on today is what does it mean to recrystallize from a single woman to a woman in a healthy partnership? And I'm in my own uh, uh, crystallization process right now. I feel that it's going perfectly in the right direction. I'm very happy with the direction it's going in because I feel the transformation and I feel the difference. And the reason I know is because it's showing up in my life. 
So that's from where I speak. And we always want to be looking at what is showing up, paying attention to what we're doing and how we're doing it, but what is showing up? Our results always let us know if we're on the right track and our sign of results. I don't know if you guys hear, there's a little bird outside. It finally stopped raining and the little birds are chirping anyway. Oh, and they're beautiful. I love the birds where I'm living right now. So yeah, I've come up with about 20 things. Today, we'll probably get to about seven of them. So let's dive into seven things today's modern single woman is going to have to give up in order to have a healthy, sustainable relationship. Let me preface all of it, though, by saying that this is for women who truly know that they want to be in a relationship. If you feel that at the core of your soul, that singlehood is what you really want, and I believe there are women out there, I've, I don't think I've met them. <laughs> I've met ones that claim it. I've met ones that claim their singlehood and have resolved themselves to it or don't believe that it could ever happen any other way. I've also met women who have chosen it for a temporary amount of time, which I think that's valid. I myself, you know, I'm coming out of doing that. So I think it's valid. It's important. And we should all, if we can, do that for ourselves. I think that's a gift that you can give yourself. But we are human beings, so there are, are very few of us who are out here with an insistence that singlehood is, is the ultimate um, goal or the ultimate experience, unless you've experienced enough couplehood. We're, I'm talking to women who really want to experience a healthy partnership. So I preface everything that I say with that because I'm not trying to change anybody or change anybody's desires. If it's not what you want, it's not what you want. But if you tell me that it's what you want, and if you're here listening and you're saying that it's what you want, then it's worthwhile to be open that there are things that you're going to have to change or give up. So, um, yeah, if you want to transform from a single woman to a woman in a healthy partnership, you have to be willing to let some of the old ways die. You know, and as soon as I wrote that sentence, I started thinking about um, uh, A Star is Born. <laughs> that song that, uh, uh, what's his face, Brad, whatever his name, sings. I love him, so, you know, don't get me wrong. I just can't remember his last name right now. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah, like it's time to let the old ways die if you want to change something in your life, something major in your life. And I think it's Mel Robbins who says the price of your new life is your old one. So you have to be willing to ask yourself, what thoughts, behaviors, and ways of being am I attached to right now that I don't even realize are standing in my way? And trust me when I tell you, because I talk to single women all the time, it, they're blind spots. And I have them, you have them, we all have them. These thoughts, these beliefs, these things we say to ourselves every day over and over again that we believe wholeheartedly to be 100% true. I, I don't know if you guys remember either last week or the week before I was talking about how our feelings aren't facts, but we often think they are. And, you know, we're so insistent that it's true that we block ourselves. So if I say that men ain't shit, if I say there's no good men out there, if I say that I'm not worthy of a relationship, the relationship that I really want, it doesn't exist. I've never seen it, so it must not exist. Um, you know, there's a myriad of things that we tell ourselves that we strongly believe that actually make our, you know, our reality true, right? So that's what we want to look at, the thoughts and the behaviors and the ways of being. Some of them are so covert. 
We don't even realize how much they sabotage us. But I want to talk about those. I want to shine a light on them. And if you find yourself triggered by anything that I say or feeling like, oh, wait, that is me. I do that. Or asking yourself, do I do that? It's just worth exploration. Like, this is not a shame conversation. This is not how do I make myself wrong for what I've been doing? How do I fix myself? I'm broken. This is like none of that stuff is empowering in, by any stretch of the imagination. This conversation is about how do I shift from one thing to another, from you know unworkability to workability. And unworkability just means if I don't have what I say I want, then that's I'm in conflict with myself and that doesn't work. But if I say I want something and I'm creating it, in the process of creating it and seeing the results of it, or, or I actually have it, then I'm in alignment. And that's workable. And that's the difference between having an anxious, stressed out, controlling, unfulfilling life compared to having a calm, peaceful, joyful, you know, dealing with whatever conflicts come up, smooth, better experience in life. There's no right. There's no wrong. It's not a moral judgment if you're doing any of these things or if your behaviors are standing in your way. You're not stupid. There's nothing wrong with you. We're all human beings with our conditioning. But the reason that we have these conversations is that so we can get really real about it. Get really real about what's working, what's not not working, right? And so one of the main things that you will have to give up if you truly want to find a life partner who sees, loves, and accepts you for who you are is any current tendency that you might have right now to be unforgiving, unaccepting, and unloving towards people who do not check all of your boxes. As a matter of fact, if you have any current tendency to be unforgiving, unaccepting, or unloving towards anyone, that is something that you are going to have to give up. That's something you're going to have to come up off of. That does not mean that every shitty person you've ever met deserves all of your love and attention and should be in your life. It does not mean that you let people walk all over you. It does not mean that you become a doormat and smile when on the inside you're hurting. It means how do I deal with my feelings, feel, filling myself up, my communication, uh, my perception of other people through a place of forgiveness, acceptance, and love. And sometimes love means letting someone go or walking away. Sometimes acceptance means letting someone go or walk, walking away. And sometimes with forgiveness, it, means let, it definitely means letting someone go. It means letting them off the hook for whatever happened, letting them off the hook for whatever it is you believe that they, they've done to you, um, and really letting yourself off the hook for being identifying yourself as a victim of it. Now, the forgiveness thing, we can do a whole show around that. The acceptance thing, I could do a whole show around it. The love thing, I'm doing a many shows around it. Because these are the things that get in our way and conflict with our core values that actually stand in the way of us being able to, to develop healthy relationships. Now, notice that I keep saying healthy relationships. And the reason that I keep saying that is because anybody at any time can get into a relationship. Like it's not some, and that's why I hate it when people, people talk about singlehood as if it's some sort of affliction. You know, when uh, somebody posted the other day on Facebook, like uh, something about men 
uh, is it true, you know, when men say that, that if a woman's single, she's crazy, so that's why they don't want to get in relationships or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But there's this idea that if someone's out there and they're single, that something must be wrong with them because they're single. But that is so just blind to how many people have something wrong with them who are in relationships. <laughs> like your relationship status has nothing to do with your um, mental capabilities, your emotional uh, landscape, your ability to navigate life. Like those, those things, they affect each other and they definitely um, make a difference in how you experience them. But if you had to be some perfect person or you're some elevated level of person in order to have a relationship, I mean, you know, there's crack addicts out in front of a liquor store who've been together for years <laughs> and they could stand to do a little bit of transformation to have a little more workability in their life. You can always find someone to join you wherever you're at. And that's always possible. But a lot of times the reason that single women stay single as long as they stay single when they really want a relationship is because deep down they know that whatever's going on with them, they don't want to match for where they're at. Your inner knowing, your soul knows that, you know, a match for where you're at is not, is not going to be the right thing. Or I shouldn't say the right thing, is not going to be the thing that you ultimately are envisioning for yourself. Now, I've gotten in relationships from a place of desperation and not being loving or accepting or forgiving and what I got was somebody who matched exactly where I was at. And so we constantly clashed. It was difficult. There was a lot of problems. It was, you know, but I had a relationship. You could look on my Facebook status and it said in a relationship. And so we want to get out of this thinking that because someone is in a relationship that they have somehow figured out something or that singlehood is any sort of affliction. Like I said earlier, and, I'll, and it bears repeating, and I'll repeat it over and over again on many podcasts, this is about transform, transforming from what you don't want to what you do want. And knowing what you don't want is just the, the road to take to what you do want. So if I say I want a healthy, sustainable relationship that lasts with someone who loves and accepts me, then that's who I have to be before I even have that. I have to be a woman who loves and accepts and generates that sort of thing. I have to be in a healthy relationship with myself. I have to be forgiving with myself. I have to be treating myself exactly like I would want this healthy partner to be treating me so that when it comes along, I can recognize it and I can match with it and I can attract it and um, you know I can keep choosing it with someone who's also willing to choose it over and over again. And trust me when I tell you that it is so possible. Take it from someone who knows and is, and is experiencing it right now and has experienced the opposite in the past many times. So, and that's not just why I coach. I mean, I'm, you know, I have coaching training and I, and I understand uh, building communication skills and I use those things in order to help people overcome the challenges that I myself had to overcome. And so, yeah, I say all of that to say it's okay if you have to change some things. It's okay if you have to sacrifice things. It doesn't make anything wrong with you. I want you guys to get out of that, that inner dialogue. I want you to get out of that conversation. Stop defending that, you know, I've done all the work and why don't men have to do any work? Um, how do they get away with not ever having to improve themselves? You want somebody who's going to be on your level. You want to keep doing the work. You're not doing the work for a man 
And a man shouldn't be doing the work for you. You're doing the work for yourself. And that's what's going to have you in a relationship that's healthy. Right? If you're complaining about doing the work, if you're complaining about making the transformation, <laughs> then that's the first thing that you got to look at. Because if you're, you're unwilling to go any further, then you're going to get exactly what you got. Right? All right. Are you guys ready? I, I know I keep introing it. But I just want to make sure that I, you know, give you all the caveats and the and the side notes. So what are you willing to own about your own behavior when it comes to your love life? What are you going to take responsibility for healing and transforming? Where where are you going to become empowered around this, right? So here are seven things you'll have to give up. And I've posed them as questions so as to inspire self-assessment. Right? I'll say it again. I've posed them as questions as to inspire self-assessment. Doesn't mean that each one is something that you do. It's not about pointing fingers of blame. It's about I got to be willing to ask myself, is what I'm doing aligned with who I am? Is what I'm doing causing me to have what it is that I want? Or do I just keep doing it with an insistence that I'm right and I don't have what I want? And that's probably even one of the things so far. So number one, do you psychoanalyze the hell out of the men that you're dealing with? So this is one thing I find to be very common. You know, a lot of times uh, when I do a client intake, which is, you know, a client intake for my coaching or a client intake for uh, my matchmaking. And, you know, we call those welcome meetings. So what happens is one of the questions that I want to know is, um, what you've been dealing with in the past and what your past sort of relationship landscape looks like. And right after I let someone express all of those things and share all those things with me, I give them an opportunity to put that all aside, put it in a box, put it, you know, put it over wherever in your brain and go ahead and paint the picture for what it is that you really, really want. And for some people, they can slip into uh, just being creative around it and just getting clear and visionary about what this relationship is that they're building. But for a lot of people, what they do, especially when I ask the question of what, what have been the obstacles in the way of having what you want, is that they go into a complete assessment and psychoanalyzation of the last relationship or the last relationships. So the reason that I don't have what I want and the reason that my last relationship didn't work out is because he was immature, he was a mama's boy, he uh, you know, wasn't clear about his career, he wasn't making the amount of money that he wants to make. So you know, when men don't make the amount of money they want to make, then they're not ready for relationships. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying that what we do is we come up with all the analyzations of that person and, you know, sometimes it gets very, you know, all of a sudden everybody's got a psychology degree and, you know, I can fully assess someone left, right, up and down because I dated them for a while or, you know, especially if I've been with them for a while. And I can tell you all of their emotional, intellectual, and sometimes even physical problems for why I don't have what I want or for why our relationship didn't work out. Now... This is not to say that you might not have some accuracy in your description of, you know, a past person. Like, obviously, if there's somebody who suffered from depression and anxiety and didn't take their medication or, you know, had a substance abuse problem or, you know, those things can be somewhat factual and, you know, they exist in reality. However, 
when we use someone else's uh, situation, someone else's shortcomings, someone else's, our perception on someone else's thoughts as our reasonings for why what we want is, is not there and, and why it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, what we're doing is basically just pushing our power away and relying on the external to be the thing to cause us to, to feel satisfied or feel like we have what we want. So yeah, I don't want to make it too complicated, but this psychoanalyzation of the other person and this insistence that things didn't work out because of the other person and the things that are wrong with the other person, you may feel like you have a mountain of evidence and a mountain of proof. And, you know, usually women can give me a full laundry list of all the bullet points for what he did wrong and what was wrong and, you know, why they had to walk away because of what was wrong or why it didn't work out because of what was wrong with him. And rarely is there a accepting of responsibility of our own contribution to what went wrong. You know, right now it's really popular to call people narcissists. And when it comes to narcissistic behavior, a lot of times it takes one to know one. There are no innocents, especially in a long-term relationship. You know, sure, you can meet a narcissist and see the red flags and realize that there's, they're exhibiting a lot of narcissistic behavior. And if you're not a match for that, you're going to get out right away. But if you've spent any like amount of time with a person and you're identifying them as a narcissist, just know that if you spot it, you got it. Like my, one of my favorite mentors always says, if you spot it, you got it. So it takes a level of narcissism to match with a level of narcissism. Right. And I'm not going to go into the whole conversation around narcissism because that's a whole nother thing. But that's why when we sit in psychoanalyzation rather than own what our responsibility was, own what our behaviors were that were unworkable, then we just give our power away. That means that we don't have anything to change and we don't have anything to heal. We don't have anything to grow or transform it's just that, you know, we just got to find something external of us that's going to be the right thing. And that's so disempowering. Once I find the right guy, once I find the right relationship, when I see that right man, I'm going to know it. I'm going to need, you know, to feel that certain level of chemistry. That's going to be the thing that's going to do it. It's so disempowering to be in that conversation with yourself. So, yeah, question. Do you psychoanalyze the hell out of the men you're dealing with? And when you ask yourself that question, if you're reflecting, if you're reflecting in your journal, please be willing, if it's a yes, please be willing to understand that whatever you spot in someone else, you probably have got. And it's worth looking at. You don't have to make yourself wrong. It's what can I heal? These are all tools. And every bad relationship is a tool for what can I heal? Uh, number two, do you resist anything that requires you to go out of your way? So... Yeah, like this comes up a lot with the matchmaking. Not so much now because we're in this quarantine time, so we're doing a lot of video dating. But even now, like even with the video dating, it's like, you know, I'm getting resistance from people. Um, and I get it. We're segueing into a new normal, a new way of being when it comes to dating, making video dating fun, trying to figure out how can you can really connect with someone over video dating. Is it something you can even do? Does it feel artificial? You know, there's a lot of questions and anxieties that come up around it, just like meeting someone face to face 
on a blind date. There's a lot of questions and anxieties that come up around it because it's the unknown and it's uncertain and it makes people nervous and it throws them off kilter, right? So if I'm someone who says what I want is a loving, connected relationship, I'm going to be unstoppable about that. I'm going to be unstoppable about that. I'm going to be open to meeting who I can meet, especially if I'm spending money to to have someone pick someone for me, right? But even if I'm not, if I'm, you know, just in coaching or if I'm on my own trying to figure it out. If I say I want a job, I'm going to be unstoppable about getting that job. I'm going to get clear about that job. I'm going to, you know, do what I need to do to look the part. I'm going to do what I need to do to be educated enough to to do the job itself. I'm going to see how I need to align with that job, who I need to be in order to be that job. I remember years, 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 years ago before I was an art director in television, I was a um uh, either a, a, a an assistant. A lot of times I was working as like costume assistant or executive assistant or you know, I was helping people with things in the industry that I wanted to be in. And I went and applied for a job as an art director. And it would have been a huge jump from, uh, you know, a smaller job where I'm not in charge of any team and I'm just basically helping someone create a visualization to being the art director. Now, I did get to that point, you know, in my career. But at that time, when I was applying for that job, it was like a, you know, six-figure job and I'm someone's executive assistant. It would have been a big leap for me to be hired for that job. I would have had to instantly become someone else. And in my ambitiousness, and I'm not uh, telling people that they shouldn't be ambitious, there was nothing wrong with it. I don't even think I was wrong for even going for the job. you know. But in, in my ambitious mind, what I thought is that I could come with my little small portfolio that just had some school things in it, my little bit of experience, my little few years of experience, and I could jump right in, I could apply for this job, that it was a job for a seasoned person who knew a lot about a lot of things that I did not know about at the time. And I was very disappointed when I didn't get that job at that time because I did not understand that I would have to be that person in order to get that job. And it's the same thing with relationships. You know, to go from being a single woman, especially a single woman who needs emotional healing, to being a woman who's happy in a relationship with somebody requires being another person. And so when things require you to go out of your way, step out of your comfort zone, they require you to be different than you've been, it's that willingness to be unstoppable around it. I'm not saying be unsafe. I'm not saying don't be smart. You know, protect yourself. This is not the, you know, this, sometimes the world can be dangerous. I'm not saying, you know, if somebody wants you to go to their house when you've just met them and you know, go faster or further than you want to. I'm not saying do those things. You still have to follow your intuition. But what I am saying is that when you put up walls of resistance around what is possible, and this happened in the past week or so with two people. One was a woman, one was a man. One of them was my client. You know, she's got a lot on her plate. She's got about five kids and she's single. And just the prospect of video dating, she, it, I almost had to, t- I had to talk her into it. And when I say I want a healthy, loving partnership, I want someone who's going to love my kids. I want someone who's going to come into my life and be a positive force in my life. And then, you know, this service that I have paid for where I have a matchmaker, someone to match me with someone like that. And they say, it's a quarantine, so we have to video date. And my first thing is, well, I, you know, I don't 
know how I'm going to do that because I have too much on my plate. So I had to talk it through with her, you know, to figure out like, well, what do you have to make workable in order to be able to do this? So I have to do it later at night. Okay, you got to do it later at night. Is he willing to, he's willing to do it later at night. You know, so I have to get a sitter. Okay. So we, you, if you say you want something and you're not unstoppable around it, then you're in conflict with what you say you want. So you got to ask yourself, am I resisting the things that require me to go out of my way when it comes to this love thing, when it comes to this dating thing? Number three, are you stuck in some old paradigm of being the prize princess whose standards must be impeccably met in order to be won over? So if you are, let's say, 20 years old and you want to be somebody's trophy wife and you're very beautiful, physically beautiful, and your greatest aspiration is to partner with a, a man or even a woman who is going to support you financially and appreciate your beauty and um, be with you for those reasons and take you beautiful places and take you tra traveling and all of that, th all of that stuff. That doesn't necessarily give you the right to pretend to be a prize princess or be entitled, but that's basically what you're sort of setting yourself up for when you have an attitude that someone has to uh, jump through a lot of hoops to win you and you're in denial about the things about you that might not be what someone else finds, you know, compatible or attractive. <laughs> Now, I'm trying to say this in a very diplomatic way, you know, because here's the thing. I believe with all my clients, they're all beautiful, powerful, creative, interesting women. And we all have our differences and our, um, you know, physical things and our, you know, I have two women who are almost six feet tall and they're in their early 50s. I have, um, you know... A lot of older women, you know, women who, like I said, I have one who has five kids. Nothing's wrong with any of these things. These are all beautiful things. They're beautiful things that actually determine who we are in life, right? We're, our stage in life, our age, what we have, what we don't have, what we look like physically. Like, you know, th these are signs of growth and overcoming and all of that. But here's the thing about it. And, and you know... I say all of that to say that I believe that the love and the acceptance has to come from a partner as well. So obviously if, you know, I have a 52-year-old a woman who's almost six feet tall, I'm not going to match her with a guy who's like, oh no, I would never date a tall woman who's over 50. Because clearly he's not accepting. I would want to match her with somebody who's accepting of things that aren't standard or things that are are... Um, out of the norm or things that are unique to that person, right? I would want to match her with somebody who's like, I want a tall woman who can look me, and I, I have found them. I've talked to these guys who can look me in my eye and, you know, has been through some life and knows who she is as a woman. There's men out there that definitely want that. But I think, you know, we have to be very careful of, of coming in like we get to order out of a catalog and they can't have any flaws. You know, I want him to be tall, good looking, and I want him to, um, you know, be chivalrous and 
want to and be erudite and want to travel with me and not have any kids and you know have good breath and you know we have this long list of things that have to be in place where there's no forgiveness for anything that's not quite out of place. I even had a long talk with a client the other day about his geographical location. And I get it. People from L.A., you guys have traffic when you are driving, when you're not quarantined, and distances can be hard. People in New York, they do the same thing. It's like, you know, they don't want to travel too much because traveling's too much to do in a relationship. You know, people are telling themselves that. Um, you know, but the thing here is... If I'm if I have myself on this sort of I'm I'm perfect pedestal or I'm good, I'm I'm deserving, I'm entitled to having all my boxes checked without any sort of acceptance of, you know, maybe this perfect guy lives a little further away than you think, or maybe he's a little shorter than you think. Maybe he's not white or black. Maybe he's, he's a lot of things that are different than what you think he's going to be because he's going to be the one who's going to be loving and accepting of who you are rather than feeling like I can just order this dude out of a catalog no matter what kind of you know, differences or uniqueness or anything there is about me that he would have to accept. Does that make sense? I hope that it does. Because, you know, even when it comes to whatever, and I'm putting this in quotes, flaws, whatever flaws we may have, it's like we have to be open to that that there are things about us that aren't necessarily going to be someone's ideal thing. But if we're willing to look past those those things, a lot of times that's where the love is. Not a lot of times, all the time. And it doesn't mean that you can't have what you want, but if if what's most important to you is having this love, this acceptance, this you know, connection with somebody, we got to sometimes be willing to come up off of this idea that we are, you know, this big prize and they have to check all our boxes. Because really, you know, any of us can be perceived one way or the other as the prize or as the, you know, thing you never ordered, the thing you never wanted. (laughs) And that's all perception. So yeah, Are you stuck in an old paradigm of being the prize princess whose standards must be impeccably met in order to be won over? Ask yourself that question. Reflect in your journal and and reflect on whether that, how far that has gotten you and how people you have dealt with have responded to that. Number four, are you faking it and trying to be the cool girl, but really you're seething inside? So I have a a client who I love and adore. She's semi-new and she's telling me about... um, you know, how she's, she considers herself to be pretty flexible, but she also wants to be in control of everything. So I think there's a little incongruency there and nothing wrong with it. It's just a little blind spot. So if I'm in control of everything, but yet I'm cool and I'm I'm flexible, that means that there's times when things don't necessarily go my way and I'm having to make myself be cool about it. And that is disingenuous. So, and I, you know, I don't think that she means to be disingenuous. I don't think, you know, when I've done that very same thing, I didn't mean to be disingenuous. I thought I was being the cool girl. I was going with the flow. And I can remember being in a relationship where I wanted to keep that relationship. And so I just pretended to be the cool girl, pretended to be the cool, cool girl, kept doing it until I couldn't do it anymore. And it was like, this doesn't work for me. I can't, I can't. I just, I can't. And because I let it build up because I was trying to be the cool girl rather than communicate about it and keep it light from the beginning and just say what was truly there for me, 
because I wanted to keep this person. I wasn't to hang on to this person because I waited until it blew up. It became a much bigger problem than it ever had to be. So you want to ask yourself, are you faking it? Are you trying to be cool? When really what you need to be doing is going ahead and communicating it as soon as it comes up and not trying to fix somebody else, but letting them know how you feel about something, letting, letting them know how you feel about things. I'm, I'm getting to know somebody right now. And, you know, in as much as I'm open to what's possible as far as his music tastes are concerned, you know, we had a video date where we're playing music for each other. I'm not a big fan of his musical taste so far. And I communicated that with him because that's one of those things that over the years could grow into. And I know it's, not, it's a small thing in the grand scheme of what can go wrong in a relationship. But that's one of those things that, that can grow into a real resentment. Because that person doesn't really know that you're not a fan. And so you're being the cool girl and you're pretending to go along with it. And then years later, when there's some other annoying things that come up, all of a sudden there's a big fight about musical choice or what's on the radio, or what you're listening to in the car, and you know, which is really about something else, because it's always about something else. So yeah, that's not sustainable. It's not helping you in your singlehood to pretend to be the cool girl. You want to get to a place where you're just able to communicate how you feel, where you're coming from, taking full responsibility for how you feel, what you like, what you don't like, without needing to make anybody wrong, and not worrying about whether it's going to be a confrontation, because if you express how you feel and that person is like, oh, well, oh, you don't like my music? Fuck you then. Then they're not the person for you anyway. Or if you say, oh, I'd rather you know, do this other thing or I like this other thing better and you just stand up for who you are and just say who you are, you give them a chance to say, oh, wow, oh, I like that. I like that as well. So we don't necessarily have to do it my way. Um, yeah. Hopefully I was clear with that one. Are you faking it and trying to be the cool girl but really seething inside? Number five, are you making laundry lists of reasons for why everything is wrong with him? So this is similar to the psychoanalyzation, but it's a little different in that a lot of times this laundry list is usually externally uh, focused. So, you know, it's the shoes that he wears or like I was saying, the music that he listens to. It's like, you know, like this list of things that it's wrong. It's He's not right for me because this, this and this and this. Um, you know, he said something that made, and it sounded selfish. So he's probably a selfish person like that kind of stuff is so disempowering. And it's so, um, you know, it's like putting up blocks to intimacy, making decisions about a person's whole flora and fauna and personality based on one statement. Or, um, you know, sometimes on a first date, people aren't, aren't as gregarious as they might be. And so there might not be as much chemistry or they might not be as engaged in what you're talking about. And so making a full decision about somebody based on a conversation on a first date that encompasses their entire personality and every facet of who they are, you know, that's going to keep you single. That laundry list of reasons for why it's wrong with him. I have one client, she's beautiful and she's sweet and she's so easy to match with, except that every match she goes on, they love and adore her. They're giving her five stars. They're into her. And she's like, nope, no chemistry. Nope, no chemistry. Nope, no chemistry. And, you know, while there's nothing wrong with that, I think the blind spot there and what she's missing is that chemistry is something that can be built over time. But you got to be open and willing to do that. I like him. He's nice. We had a great conversation, but no chemistry. Well, you had one date. You had one conversation. One two-hour conversation. You know, it's the willingness to get over that list and be adhering to that list and actually just be open to what is possible in another person. 
Number six, are you impatient about communication and making up stories in your head about what your dates are thinking? So when you're single and you want to be in a relationship, your dating life is practice. It's practice for partnership. And whether somebody is for you or not, you're, you're getting an opportunity to practice on them, to practice who you can be in a relationship, who you are in a relationship, how you show up. And even if you don't really like them or want them, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be kind and compassionate and, and understanding and all of that stuff. But what happens a lot of times when we really do like someone, we get really impatient around communication. Like the other day I had somebody, he didn't text me back for six hours. He didn't text me back for a whole day. And I get it, ladies. I get it out there. When it comes to communication, we tend to process quickly. We like to have conversations. We like to engage. We like to be in communication. It makes us feel liked. It makes us feel like we're being paid attention to. All of that stuff. I get it. There's nothing wrong with feeling this way. But that impatience and then writing a story through that impatience. Oh, he didn't text me back after I said something and asked a question and it took hours. So that must mean that... You know, especially now that we're in quarantine, because people assume that because people aren't aren't busy, in quotes, that, um, you know, they have all the time in the world to communicate with each other. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, yesterday, I had to actually take a screen day off. Like, I, I had been on my screen video conferencing with people all day the day before. And it was either my phone, my computer, or the television. And and. I had to take a day where I was not on any screens. So there's people that I did not get back to and there's people that I didn't necessarily respond to because I needed that day. And when I'm working, if someone, you know, I care about very much is texting me back and forth, I I'm, you know, I might miss a text because if I'm doing calls back to back, I might miss it and then I have to get to it. So there's people who are working from home like to write a story that someone doesn't like you enough or that they're thinking something negative or they're playing a game or you know there's something wrong with them they're not attentive enough they're not this enough they're not that enough to write that story because the communication is not happening at the pace that you would like for it to happen is disempowering for you you may or may not be right it doesn't really matter but the way to manage getting through that is to just not try to make anything up about it, not try to speculate about it, because you're just using a, a perception that is based on past experiences that were also perceptions. So none of it's real. You don't know what's really going on. You really don't. And so, you know, the willingness to just be focused on your own feeling good, your own filling yourself up, not being attached to making sure that this person behaves a certain way so that you'll know that they're who you think they are or who you've decided they are, you know, being willing to let that go is part of this transformation from chronically single to happy in a relationship. Number seven, do you find yourself justifying and claiming that what you are doing is right? It is so right, but still you have no partner to present as evidence that what you're doing is the right thing. And the reason I put that one there is because I know a lot of the things that I said previously, you might be saying to yourself, but yeah, but I do these things. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. You're arguing for your limitations because if you're doing any of these things, you are working against yourself. And you can come up with a million pieces of, of what you think are evidence for why it's right and why the way you perceive it is right and why the way you're doing it is right. But if there is no partner, no healthy partner in evidence 
then you got to be willing to question, is this really workable? Is this really the thing that's going to have me have what I want? And you got to be willing to be open to that if you want to make the transformation and actually have what you want. This time goes by so fast. It's already, we're already like almost 50 minutes in. But I still got a little bit more for you. I just cracked my knuckle. I don't know if you guys heard that. So just believe me when I tell you that I could go on and on with all the resistant and unworkable behaviors that all of you beautiful people come up with because the men do it too. Oh my gosh, I had this douchebag who I set up with one of my clients and he called her basic, not to her face, but in the feedback. And I mean, it just spoke volumes about who he is as a human being. And, you know, and men do these things too. I'm not, I don't want to just put this all in the ladies, but, you know, I'm here to support women mainly. So that's why I, um, you know, did these. And, you know, men, you can listen to them as well. Because you do a lot of the judging and the psychoanalyzing and all of that stuff too. I think maybe you might not necessarily process it as deeply as we often do, but, you know, still it's, it's worth looking into. So the reason I can come up with all of these and, and recognize all these resistant and unworkable behaviors, because I spot them, because I got them. I've been there. I've done them. I mean, you are looking at a former queen of standing in her own way romantically, queen of it. And nothing is more frustrating to me than when I see my clients, my, my coaching clients, my matchmaking clients, people that I care about, people that I know, anybody sabotaging their own possibility for love by repeating the same controlling fear-based patterns over and over again. And trust me when I tell you that if you think your old habits are going to get you to the love that you want, I mean, I'm, I'm a matchmaker, I'm a coach, I'm good, but nobody is that good. You have to be willing to make a shift to become a woman or a man who has found love as opposed to a woman or a man who keeps love at bay. And trust me, I had to do it. I had to do it myself. And as I, I mentioned earlier, here's the secret. You cannot order him or her to your specifications like out of a catalog. You can go on a million dates and have a million and a half false starts in order to become someone who has found lifelong love, you have to be willing to work from the inside out. It's not going to manifest from your self-sabotage and it's certainly not going to come from believing that you have already got it all figured out and that these ways of being are working for you. You can keep telling yourself that all you want to. So what are some things to do? Get clear about your core values. When I work with my coaching clients, I work on core value clarity. And even right now I'm doing a healing circle that's for free, by the way, on Monday evenings, and you know that's what we work on, core values and core value clarity and what really defines who I am. I wanna be so crystal clear on what defines who I am so that I can stand in it comfortably. And if somebody doesn't match with it, that's okay. I don't have to try to make myself be what they want me to be. I don't have to pretend to be cool. I don't have to pretend anything. I can just let them know this is who I am. This is who I've been. This is where I'm at. This is what's important to me. This is where I stand. You got to take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. And when it's centered on me and what I can change and what I have control over, then other people can respond to it in an authentic way. They can either love it or they can not love it. And it's okay if they don't love it. Because if you love it, you don't need anybody else to love it. Now, that's not to say we don't need love and connection. We love love and connection. It's great for us, but it only works if we already will offer it to ourselves. 
So then get clear about the core values, get aligned with the core values. For example, if compassion is a core value, I have to be willing to ask myself if every thought or action I take is aligned with being compassionate. And if it's not, I am causing my own inner conflict. So I got to align with all these things I say I am. All these, you know, these great women that I work with, some of the men that I work with, um, or some of my, I should say some of my clients are men that I work with. You know, everybody wants to be kind and compassionate and loyal and honest and all of these things. And so quick when it comes to their dating and romantic life to jump right out of that and jump right out of alignment with those core values. Those are the core values you need in order to have this love happen that you want. And so if you're not aligned with them, you're standing in your own way. And so getting clear about your core values, getting aligned with your core values, and then practice focusing on giving energy to what does work rather than wasting bandwidth on what does not work. We got to stop being in complaint mode around love and relationships because yeah, there's going to be people you're not compatible with. Okay. It didn't work out. Okay. You met somebody. You spent time. Maybe you spent money. These days, we're not going anywhere, so you're rarely spending money. But, you know, when we are spending money again, maybe you shaved your legs. Maybe you got your hair done. Whatever. Whatever you did in order to meet that person and they didn't work out. There's nothing wrong. You met somebody new. You got to practice a little bit. You got to practice... You, meeting new people. You got to practice what it means to get to know someone. You got to, you got a chance to just practice it, experience it. And you might experience it over and over again before you meet somebody who you want to keep experiencing it with. And that's all it is. And even when you meet that one person, you're still practicing. You're choosing it over and over again. And it's new every time. You know, we got to stop being in this conversation that if, if I don't like this person, something's wrong and something's wrong with him and something's wrong with me because I attracted him or something's wrong with the person who set me up with him. Yes, I'm defending matchmakers. No, there's nothing wrong with anybody. You're just not compatible. You tried it. It didn't work. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's the point of all of this. But if you can't take that attitude in your singlehood, then you're not going to be able to have a healthy partnership because this is about the rolling with the punches. And if you don't think you'll have to roll with punches in a relationship, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And if you can't roll with the singlehood punches, you definitely won't be able to roll with the, with the relationship punches and you'll be right back where you are. And that's how we go back and forth. I speak from experience. I speak from knowing. I'm not speaking from on high. Trust me. So, you know, I say my job is not just a matchmaker. I'm looking to help people transform from single woman into woman in a joyful, healthy partnership, which requires a willingness to recrystallize. Like I've said many times, you will have to do and see things differently than you have in the past. You will have to align with your own compassion, joy, and love in order to experience it in others. If your values include loyalty and kindness, but your choices are made with distrust and insecurity, you won't ever be able to produce the results your inner soul is longing for. And it is my job to make sure your core values align with those of the people I match you with when I'm matching. And it is your job, whether you're a client for matchmaking or coaching, to make sure you are aligned with your own core values. Love is out there for you. It is out there for you, my loves. But you won't bring it in unless you're willing to generate it and generate it first. And like Henry Ford said, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always gotten. So yeah, that's it. I got to put a button on it because this time is running out so fast. I'm already at 55 and I know for the armed radio people, you guys are going to have to go pretty soon. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Never forget you're a love machine. If you ever uh, 
stop getting the love you need. Just make more and ask for candy. I almost forgot my own tagline. Anyway, I love you, Armed Radio. For those of you who can stick around, I am a matchmaker for Talkify. If you want to be included in my roster of recruits or be matched with a client for free, send me a private message on Facebook with your interest and your email, and I'll send you my recruitment link. All you have to do is be single and open to being screened to go on a blind date. Also, my Monday night epic healing circle is an online healing circle for women everywhere. Every Monday night, we as women will come together as a community. We'll be causing personal transformation when it comes to communication, forgiveness, self-love, sometimes mother-daughter relationships, purpose, friendships, just all the tools we need to be as big as we were meant to be. Last week, we worked on developing new patterns and what it means to stand in who you are. We're going to do some more work around that. We're doing core value work this upcoming week, which is on Monday. Like I said, follow me on Instagram at Candy. At, at Ask for Candy Podcast and at Candy Love Coach. I'll be announcing my $50 Cash App giveaway contest. And shout out by Armed Radio. I love you guys. And listen, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to email me, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com. Send me your questions and comments. They may even become upcoming tom- topics. At Ask for Candy on Instagram, at, at Ask for Candy Podcast on Instagram, at Candy Love Coach on Instagram. Follow so you can find out about the $50 Cash App giveaway every month. And yeah, I love you guys so much. Again, until next time, never forget you're a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you're not getting the love you need, just make more and then ask for candy. I love you. Bye. Bye.